to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Good morning to you. How are you doing this morning? Don't look at the headline news, whatever you do. It'll, it'll depress you. But we're going to give you the headline news anyway. Because <laughs> so, that's part of our job is informing you. But uh, golly, you is. You wish there was better information in the news these days. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. You always have the difficult task of, uh, of telling us uh, what, what's in the news. And it's not always fun, is it? No, it's not always fun. I used to love uh, looking up the news, but it's just got, kind of gone downhill. And so... <laughs> Not yeah, as fun anymore. It's uh, it can be rough, but uh, we'll we'll give you all of the latest it's here in a moment. It's important to know for sure. Adrian Fonseca is here too. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise God. We're going to have a great show this hour. Bree Dale rejoins the show, and uh, in fact, Bree is a, a journalist, independent journalist. She works for several outlets like Newsmax, for instance, uh, and she's stationed in Rome. And yesterday, she introduced me to a friend of hers named Joey Menyo, who is a defense contractor. Uh, he is uh, someone who served in the army in Afghanistan. He is also a, a data analyst and a political analyst as well. And so we're going to have the both of them on our program in the guest hour this hour to sort of recap some of the big stories of the week. Of course, the D.C. story being the biggest, right? So we'll have that conversation later in the hour. Of course, we'll have the saint of the day, the gospel of the day. And then in the what's concerning us section, there are several stories that we want to discuss. Big tech, I think, has got to be among the biggest, right? Right now, anyway. So there is a lot to discuss in this hour. If at all you are able to join us in the next hour, we would love to have you. Father Quan Tran has a book, and that's a Sophia Institute press book, right, Emily? That's right. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. So we're going to be discussing in the next hour, if you're all able to join us then, the uh, how to imitate the 12 essential qualities of Our Lady, the Queen of Heaven and Earth. And so that'll be a fun conversation. Plus, we're in the next hour, we'll give away the huge mega prize we had this week for our trivia game show. So all that coming up today on Catholic Drive Time. But in this hour, uh, a nice recap of the week's news uh, with some analysis is going to be on the agenda. So let's begin with prayer. Whatever your intentions are, dear listeners, Listener, whatever is facing you today, whatever your challenges are, health, mental, physical, spiritual, um, just whatever you're, you need uh, God to, uh, to hear and to respond to, the, one of the best ways we do that is by taking them to the Gibira, the Kekare Tomene, the Queen of Heaven and Earth, because when she whispers these into the ear of her son, how could he possibly resist but to pour down his graces that he may bring us uh, into his most sacred heart? Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. Social media giants are censoring content that shows what happened in D.C. on Wednesday. Facebook said in a statement that they are censoring firsthand information to prevent promotion of criminal activity. 
They announced that they will remove all content in praise and support of the storming of the U.S. Capitol, calls for protests, even peaceful ones, if they violate the curfew in D.C., and attempts to restage violence tomorrow or in the coming days. Facebook and Twitter have both suspended President Donald Trump from their platforms. In his video from the White House that is being censored, President Donald Trump condemned the violence of this week as heinous and said that he is committed to, quote, ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. Another person has died as a result of the violence in D.C. this week. The victim, Brian Sicknick, a U.S. Capitol police officer, died on Thursday night due to injuries while on duty responding to riots that broke out amid the civil unrest in Washington. There are now five people who have died as a result of the protests in the nation's capital this week. The U.S. Capitol Police Chief announced that he is resigning after the breach on the Capitol building. A congresswoman introduced articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump yesterday. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee said the storming of the U.S. Capitol by protesters during the joint session of Congress compelled her to act. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier on Thursday said that Congress might move forward with trying to impeach the president if Vice President Mike Pence and Trump's cabinet didn't act to remove him via the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment to the Constitution says that if the president becomes unable to do his job, the vice president becomes the president. Lee's resolution states that Trump, quote, will remain a threat to security of the nation and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office. Australia's financial crime watchdog is conducting a detailed review of Vatican transfers. Reports of a money transfer from the Vatican to Australia date back to October 2nd, when Italian media claimed that an alleged transfer was part of a dossier being compiled by Vatican investigators and prosecutors against Cardinal Angelo Becciu. Becciu resigned from his curial position in September and gave up his rights as a cardinal, reportedly in connection with multiple financial scandals dating back to his time as the second-ranking official at the Vatican Secretariat of State. An Australian newspaper reported back in December that the transfers amounted to around $1.8 billion and were sent in about 47,000 separate transfers since 2014. The Australian Catholic bishops and Vatican officials have all denied knowledge of the transfers. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Our Lady of Prompt Secure, pray for us, or otherwise known as Our Lady of Quick Help. In 1727, the French Ursuline uh, nuns came and founded a, a monastery in New Orleans. In uh, 1763, it became Louisiana became a Spanish possession, <clears throat> and then the Spanish sisters came to help. And then, of course, in 1800, the territory reverted back to France. But at this time, of course, the French Revolution is a big deal, and uh, things are heating up in France. A lot of pressure on France, actually, the Catholic Church there, um, and there, there was a shortage of nuns in the school. And so, uh, the Mother Superior asked. To, for more sisters to be sent, but the bishop in France was under great pressure in the French Revolution, so he was not able to do so. So she
she resorted to pray to Our Lady of Prompt Secour, Our Lady to go to her son Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to ask for help. And she said, O most holy virgin, if you obtain for me a prompt and favorable answer to this letter, I promise to have you honored at New Orleans under the title of Our Lady of Prompt Secour. Well, she received the response from the Pope with her letter on April 29th, 1809, granting her uh, the ability to have more nuns come to our, the uh, French Ursuline Monastery in New Orleans, which they did, bringing and having commissioned a statue of Our Lady of Prompt Secours, and they brought her with her and set her up in the monastery. Well, you go fast forward, and there's several other stories here. For instance, in 1812, there was a fire that threatened to burn down the monastery. They prayed again to Our Lady of Prompt Secour to intercede on their behalf to Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. It says, Our Lady of Prompt Secour, we, we were lost if you do not come to our aid. And he did. And uh, the winds changed and uh, the fire went the other way, saving the monastery. And yet one other great story of Our Lady of Prompt Secour with the French Ursulines in New Orleans comes to us in the War of 1812. <clears throat> now you might recall that this was a time uh, after the English army had had some great success against Napoleon, uh, they turned their attention back towards uh, the American, what they considered the colonies at the time. The uh, America was uh, faced with a difficult decision. English ships were pressing men into service, so they would stop vessels and they would take the sailors and force them to become English sailors. Uh, in fact, uh, as a Marine, I used to uh, sing the Marine Corps hymn, you know, the shores of Tripoli. Well, that was a response of the American country against this action. Well, this would lead to the War of 1812. And, of course, we know that uh, they burned down uh, the, the White House in Washington, D.C. in 1812. But in 1815, they had their sights set, the English Army, on taking New Orleans and securing the Mississippi Delta. And they brought one of their great generals and many of their veterans from the Napoleon War uh, uh, to uh, New Orleans to take the city. Andrew Jackson was the general uh, there to defend the city, but he did not have a great army of veterans himself. Instead, he had farmers. He had local men. And the, the situation seemed pretty dire to have to face down this, this great army, this English army. Well, uh, Jackson sent a note to the nuns of the Ursuline Monastery to pray, to beg heaven for a miracle that they may win the day because many lives would be lost. Women and children from all over the town gathered there at their chapel uh, at this monastery and they began to pray to Our Lady of Prompt Secour. And a miracle did in fact take place on this battle for New Orleans in 1815. It only took about 25 minutes and uh, the Americans lost, I think it was 75 casualties. That includes wounded and, and killed in action. But the British, I want to say, lost up to 2,000. So uh, it was a, quite a routing of the British army. And uh, Andrew Jackson gave God praise for the intercession of the Ursuline nuns to Our Lady of Prompt Secour. Our Lady of Prompt Secour, pray for us. The Gospel today comes from uh, Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. It happened that there was a man full of leprosy in one of the towns where Jesus was. And when he saw Jesus, he fell prostrate, pleaded with him, and said, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. 
and said, I do will it, be made clean. And the leprosy left him immediately. Then he ordered him not to tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing with what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The report about him spread all the more, and great crowds assembled to listen to him and to be cured of all their ailments. But he would, he would withdraw to a deserted place to pray the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in a day and a time where uh, we're seeing uh, more lockdowns across the, the world and people are, are still shuddering in, at home or, or what have you, there are many, many people in our world today who are depressed, who are feeling um, exiled, they're feeling ostracized, they're separated from friends and loved ones, family members, they're separated from society, depression is off the charts, suicides are up, addictions are up, abuse is up, and in when I read this passage, and I see how our Lord saw a man who was desperate for for a touch, desperate for a connection, because in his day and his time, leprosy permanently ostracized these people from society. They permanently ostracized people, uh, not only physically, but also religiously. They weren't able, they weren't clean, and then they could not participate, and uh, they were completely cut off. And here Jesus not only heals him, but he touches him. A, a contagious disease that should have infected Jesus instead goes the other way. It is Jesus who cleans and cleanses this man and touches him. He, he crosses that boundary and makes that connection. And again, we see Jesus sending this man to the priest to, to, because that's the law, that's the prescription. Yesterday I was talking about how the, the, the sort of the criticism that Christianity has nothing to do with religion. Nothing further from the truth could be said because here we see Jesus again adhering perfectly to the law where he says, go to the priest and show your proof. What would happen is he would go, the priest would verify, yes, in fact, the cleansing would happen, and then a sacrifice would, would happen and it would be according to the financial level of the person. And then they would be declared a ritually clean and then they could participate in society and in worship once again, reinstated into the community. It is a powerful witness to all of us. Not only is Jesus God, and he can overcome all things, even leprosy, but he adheres perfectly to this, uh, to this sending this man back to the priest. It's a powerful, powerful witness in a day and a time where we see so many cut off, so many marginalized, so many people ostracized. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Savior of the world, he reaches out when we call and beg for him to do so. Today, let us call and beg for the Lord to heal us, to restore us, to bring us peace. Don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Times coming up after the break. We're going to talk about what's concerning us in the next segment, plus our guest segment, more breaking news, all still to come. We'll be right back. Atheists sometimes attack religion by saying it's a crutch for the weak-minded. They'll say, religion is for those who can't think for themselves. Does this objection justify atheism? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, the objection is not an argument against theism. It's merely an assertion. Someone's use of religion as a crutch says nothing whether or not God exists. Second, what's wrong with using a crutch if one is deficient? If you break your leg, using a crutch is actually the smart thing to do. 
As fallen human beings, our intellects are weakened. Consequently, it's not unreasonable to acknowledge we need help from God in our journey back to Him. So, a believer's appeal to religion for direction in life is not a sign of intellectual weakness. It's actually the intelligent thing to do. That is, if the religion is true. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com What are my resolutions for 2021? Let's see, exercising more, going to daily mass, read and study the Summa, eat healthier? Wait, do you mean the Summa Theologia? I sure do. Do you want to join me for a new Summa class I'm teaching? Really? That'd be so cool. On the radio! You want me to learn about the Summa for the first time on the radio with millions of potential listeners? Yes. What could possibly go wrong? Join CISO in learning from the great doctor of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas, beginning Friday, January 8th at 2 p.m. Central on our new show, Back to the Father, here on the GRN. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClaney. It's so good to be on with you. Praise God. Uh, you know, Adrian, I, I, I didn't give you much of a shot there to give your commentary on the gospel, but maybe you can chime in here. This is the what's concerning us section. And you know, there's a few stories here I want to jump on. Tech censorship is a huge one. But I saw this story about how the Greek church, the Orthodox, in Greece, decided enough is enough, and they were not going to skip Epiphany. Epiphany is a huge feast day in the Greek church. And they defied lockdowns against the prime minister's wishes in order to open their churches and to celebrate the Feast of Epiphany. Um, they've been locked down all this time, and they're like, enough. It's, it's done. And this, I'm seeing an article here. It's uh, on Church Militant. Orthodox Church Hierarchy fires off feisty letter. <laughs> feisty. <laughs> I like the wording. Feisty letter to the Greek government. It says, in a show of resolute defiance, the Orthodox Church in Greece rebelled against the China virus lockdown to celebrate Epiphany, one of the Eastern Church's greatest liturgical uh, feasts. Orthodox Christians flocked Wednesday to churches in Greece to mark the Holy Day uh, despite a Tuesday directive from the Prime Minister insisting that the church should assume responsibility by shutting places of worship. You know, and it just reminds me of this gospel passage today, where Jesus overcame that boundary, that barrier to touch this this person who was ostracized for their whole life. I think we underestimate how much impact there is uh, on people's psychology, on people's health, mental, physical, or otherwise, in these lockdowns. It's... Uh, it's we pretend it, or we we want to say, well, this is for the greater good of all. But I think our Lord is showing us a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, this is actually what I wanted to talk about in my what in the um, scripture passage today is that we when we look at the scripture, we hear whenever our Lord touches a leper. What we don't understand here is that according to Jewish law, it was illegal to touch a leper, and but our Lord reaches out and touches him for two reasons. Uh, one, which is, I think, the most relevant one to what we're talking about here is, uh, or I guess both of them are really relevant. The first one being the fact that our Lord is above the law. He's not subject to the law because he is the law himself. And the same thing is true today. When we see the lockdowns of the churches and the Greek Orthodox, uh, they're, they're the ones standing up, uh, and showing this because the church is not subject to the law. The church is, is, uh, above the secular world, is above the temporal realm. Uh, so this is something that 
that we have to realize, and our Lord shows this by looking at the law, uh, the man-made laws of not touching lepers, and says, I'm God, I do what I want. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the second thing he does is he touches them, like you were saying, of making a connection with these people. Uh, so he touches them, and in touching them, he shows the sanctification of his own flesh and how his flesh heals. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought that was uh, relevant to what we were talking about. So you're saying Jesus didn't social distance from the lepers? No. <laughs> Isn't Not it typically. Do you guys remember uh, that story of Fulton Sheen? Yes. Oh, where, my goodness. When he was doing a, a mission oh. to China, and he visited a leper colony. And he had, well, I think it was crucifixes. Yes. He had little crucifixes, and he was handing them out. But he was afraid. He was afraid to touch them. So he would hold the crucifix over the person's leprous hand and drop it into their hand without touching them. And he did this, and the crucifix fell off their hand onto the ground because because of the leprosy, they were unable to articulate their hand and their fingers. And so, it, he, was so he was so embarrassed, and he was so shamed by his, by his fear mm-hmm. in this moment that he picked up the crucifix, and he placed it into their hand, and he, he embraced them. Yeah, he said that uh, in his autobiography, he says... Uh, I was so disgusted with myself that I committed to, for the rest of the time while I was there, placing the the crucifix into their hand, I placing it firmly into their palm of their hand for for the rest of the time that he was there because he was so disgusted wow. by how yeah. fearful he was. I love that story. Venerable yeah. Fulton Jean, pray, for, pray us. for us. We need that level of courage right now. I think we can lose our humanity in the sake for the sake of health and wellness, and and it's health and wellness that's suffering in many ways in these lockdowns. Right, and it makes you start to look at people with, as a disease and not as a human person yeah. deserving of love and respect. Yeah, it's it, and so the, it's. I was a little inspired there by the Greeks. Uh, you're saying, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to celebrate. People need God. We need to be praying. We need to come together, especially on their high feast day. The, you know, on Easter, our high feast day, I was the most depressed I think I had been in a very long time. That was a hard time. Because yeah. they had shut the churches. And I'm like, where is the supernatural faith of Christ who embraces the leper? You know, where is this faith? It's it's just, I don't know, at any rate. Uh, another story is uh, in the news, uh, Emily. The, the censorship now is going off the charts yeah. on big tech. And of course, we've all ourselves condemned the violence that happened yesterday, but social media, big tech is taking it a step too far, and they are deleting all photos and videos posted from the events in Washington. So now all information basically is being banned on social media um, because they don't want to incite f- further violence. So I suppose their intentions are are justified. But but who gives them the authority to make that call? Yes, that is the trick, isn't it? Yeah. Man, who gets to be the gatekeeper of that? In an article from LifeSite News today on this very subject, it says. Uh, uh, dozens of protesters broke into the Capitol building on Wednesday after the march to save America rally. And this is this. So this is an article that's talking about why Facebook has decided to remove all of the video on the ground. So all the video that everybody took with their cell phones or whatever of the event that they were there. Facebook is going through and removing, deleting it from history on their platform. And we need that. We need to be able to verify the events that happen and not only get information through secondhand sources. And now we're at this point where Facebook and, and Twitter have taken down the president's video where he condemned the violence and said that he would commit to a peaceful transfer of power. And so now we have Mark Zuckerberg 
saying the opposite of those both claims, saying yeah. that Donald Trump condoned the violence and is not going to transfer power peacefully, uh, that he but said those things. Kaylee McEnany is a White House communications person. She said the same thing in a statement. What more do you want them to say other than we're going to transfer power peacefully? Right, and they're saying that, I mean, but they're being censored. Joe Biden is going, is, will be inaugurated as president in less than two weeks. That is going it's to inevitable. happen. It's inevitable, yes. Uh, and they've said that, so I'm not sure what else they need there. But Facebook, uh, according to this article from LifeSite News, we'll post links to it, by the way, says social media giant Facebook announced it is deleting all videos taking, taken during Wednesday's storming of the U.S. Capitol building, ostensibly to prevent promotion of criminal activity. Did they delete all the videos from the BLM and Antifa riots that happened all year long, burning uh, buildings down, uh, uh, trying to breach the White House? Uh, how about looting uh, targets and stores all over the country? Were any of those criminal activity type of videos taken out? Seems like a, a little bit of a double standard there. If you got one standard, great, then apply your standard, but it's a double standard here. And not only that, but these are not just like graphic photos and videos that are being removed. They also said they would remove videos of people out after curfew in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not even like a graphic issue there. YouTube, here's another article from Breitbart, and again, we'll post links to these videos on facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Uh, so this video, this article from Breitbart says, YouTube, the Google-owned video platform, said it would escalate efforts, escalate efforts to crack down on election misinformation amid an unprecedented campaign of censorship against President Trump from over from other Silicon Valley companies. So, in other words, they've already been on the rise at, on YouTube. There are so many uh, people, uh, channels on YouTube, big news channels. I mean, they're not the mainstream media news. I mean, Epic Times and, and other outlets, uh, One American News, these other outlets, they've been reporting on all these stories, and now they've been hit big time. A lot of their videos have been deleted, and now their channels are being shut down, and the, uh, YouTube has now announced that they are going to take this to the next level. Um, you can't have any opinion other than the, the one that, that's been officially uh, set out. And that has been a major problem on these social media platforms. Now, I know uh, there are a lot of people trying to find a way to go to other platforms. Parler. I, I, I signed up for Parler. I'm not 100% convinced of it yet, uh, but I'm there, um, you know, sending stuff out. And there's, of course, uh, like Rumble is another example of a video platform. I think was it what's the uh, what's the Facebook equivalent? There's also a MeWe. MeWe, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. I have yet to go on a MeWe. I have never been. Have you MeWeed? I made I think I made an account for Catholic Drive Time on there, but I <laughs> haven't gone back since. There's not a lot going on on there. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> you know, it's uh Patty, I see Patty hanging out with us. In the uh, the chat here on Facebook, uh, thanks, Patty, for being back. Good to back. see you, Patty. Patty sent me an email yesterday. Patty was saying how Facebook was preventing her from finding our live stream yesterday. Us. Yeah. So she, uh, us and others, I imagine. Mm -hmm. She was trying to find, you know, because she usually gets the notifications and she wasn't getting anything. She had to go searching for it instead. Wow. So, uh, you know, it's a very interesting time we live in. And the, the, when we get, when the world gets pushed digital... And we see it now in a much more intentional way. I need you to realize, dear Catholics, when the world Christians, when, when the world gets pushed only digital, we lose our ability to reach the masses. Radio right now, Stations of the Cross, Guadalupe Radio Network, our ability to speak to you through a transmitter and radio tower. If that goes away, 
We're forced to play the games of the digital oligarchs that make and decide the rules. So when we say we believe in traditional marriage between a man and a woman, boy, they don't like that. When we say life begins at inception, uh, conception rather, and should be protected, they don't like that. When we say we don't buy into the LGBT, alphabet, Q, whatever uh, agendas, they don't like that. Is it because we hate people? No, it's because we love people. We have charity for souls. And I really fear in this tech censorship, uh, uh, the next few years are going to be very rough for people trying to get a message out there. So that's very concerning to us. Um, of course, there's another story out uh, that a police officer died in D.C., apparently as a result to injuries sustained in the uh, in the melee in D.C. You know, um, this saddens me. We talked about this yesterday. It was pretty heavy. It was pretty hard. Um, there's a lot of comments from people about, well, we stand with the marginalized. You know, uh, well, there was millions of Americans who felt disenfranchised in this election. And they wanted their voice to be heard. And that's why they came to D.C. Um, we can blame Trump all you want for that. But the, the reality is it was millions of Americans who felt marginalized and nobody was listening to them. And they and, and hundreds of thousands stood peacefully and, uh, and wanted their voice to be heard. They didn't ransack the, na- the nation's capital. They, that, that did happen. And there were, those were people were involved. And I did not support that. I said that yesterday. But the people felt marginalized. And death did not need to happen. It should not have happened. That young woman should not have died. There was three others. I don't know their names. They should not have died. This police officer, his name was Brian. He should not have died. He should not have died. I don't know what his injuries were. This article doesn't tell me what his injuries were, but it was when he returned to his division office that he collapsed, and then he ended up losing his life. Let's pray for Brian, for his family, for the repose of his soul, and for all the officers who had to do their jobs. We support police. We stand up for the right to make our voices heard and do so peacefully. Let's keep our prayers going. Coming up after the break, we'll have more breaking news and stories. Plus, we'll have a great conversation about the week's news with Bree Dale and Joey Mignot from Rome. All that coming up and much more on Catholic Drive Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a patron saint? The classic professions such as soldiers or doctors have patron saints who represent the ideal of soldiering or doctoring. And yet, so many of the trades and crafts on which the modern world depends do not have an ideal figure. There is no patron saint of plumbers, for instance, and G.K. Chesterton says there should be. It would be a revolution, for it would inspire each individual plumber to consider that there was once a perfect being who actually did plumb. In the meantime, what do plumbers and the rest of us do? Chesterton says, Keep before your eyes the supreme adventure of virtue. If you're kind, think of the man who was kinder than you. That's what is meant by having a patron saint. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. 
Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God. God gives us a great opportunity today to live our lives joyfully. Let's do that. Let's resolve to do that today. In spite of whatever's in front of us today, let's let's live joyfully. We're going to have the breaking news and stories with Emily here in just one moment, but uh, let me just remind you uh, to uh, check out our content on YouTube in particular. Um, you know, again, the algorithm is such a bear. You could help us. We have uh, GRN Online. You can search for that. You can subscribe there. We do the live streaming there, but we're posting individual segments like uh, highlight reels and, and interviews and conversations, and they're shorter videos over on Catholic Drive Time on YouTube. So search for Catholic Drive time on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Like and share are huge things you can do to help us overcome any of the algorithms uh, because that prompts the, the machine to work a little bit in our favor. But don't forget, we're also on Instagram and I'm posting on Parlor as well. So whatever you can do to help spread the word, we would be grateful. You can also find the podcast, the audio side on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And now breaking news and stories with Emily Alcarez. A woman has been arrested for vandalizing St. Patrick's Cathedral. 20-year-old Chriselle Vega was taken into custody on Tuesday for spray-painting the anti-police slogan ACAB on the cathedral on New Year's Day. Cardinal Timothy Dolan recently denounced the defacement after staying silent about others over the summer. He said in a statement, quote, A woman from the Bronx emailed me to say, Cardinal Dolan, it's time we learn from our Jewish and Islamic neighbors. A synagogue or mosque is defaced and they are quick to condemn it. The governor and the mayor would join in. The cardinal agreed and said this time he wouldn't let it go. The Catholic Diocese of Lubbock, Texas, has asked its state Supreme Court to dismiss a defamation lawsuit brought against the diocese by one of its former deacons, who claims he was wrongfully accused of child abuse. In 2019, former deacon Jesus Guerrero filed a lawsuit against the diocese after his name appeared on a public list of clergy credibly accused of sexual abuse of minors. Guerrero filed a suit for libel and defamation asking for $1 million in damages, saying that the published list wrongfully outed him as having been credibly accused of abuse of minors. The diocese holds that the suit should be dropped in order to protect the church's First Amendment rights to protect matters of theology, church discipline, compliance with church moral teaching, and ecclesiastical governance from the jurisdiction of civil courts. Fifteen new Swiss Guard recruits have arrived in Rome to complete their basic training. The recruits for the world's oldest standing army, having already completed required military training in Switzerland, will now spend the next two months at the Vatican preparing for their duty to protect the Pope and the Apostolic Palace. Despite the new recruits, the Pontifical Swiss Guard still remains the smallest army in the world. The new recruits will be sworn in on May 6th, on the anniversary of the sack of Rome, the 1527 battle in which 147 Swiss Guards lost their lives defending Pope Clement VII. The Greek Orthodox Church is defying government lockdown measures. In response to heightened restrictions in Greece, the Holy Synod, the hierarchy of the Greek Orthodox Church, told their priests to defy the lockdowns and give the faithful the sacraments. 
They open their churches for Epiphany liturgies on Wednesday, December Jan- January 6th, sorry, as had been part of a previous arrangement with the state. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for uh, re- keeping us up to date on the news. Joining us all the way from Rome, speaking of news, uh, Bree Dale rejoins the program. Now, Bree has been on a bunch of times uh, talking about news and stories either in the Vatican or elsewhere, especially China. Um, but uh, we have a new guest uh, this week, this hour as well. Joy Mignot, he is, uh, you know, he's a, a veteran from the Army, served in Afghanistan. He is a DOD contractor, a data analyst, and now uh, political commentary as well. So, uh, Joy, good morning. Bree, good morning to you. Thank you for being on the program. Good morning, Joe. Uh, Thanks for having us back on. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you for having us. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Um, I want to review the news of the week. It's been a big news week. I mean, I guess it's you could say it's been a big news three months. I mean, the news just gets more intense. It seems every day. And uh, I know Bree, as a journalist, you're you've got really a great pulse. Uh, you know of what's going on out there. In fact, I saw this morning you tweeted a uh, you retweeted a picture of some China's. Chinese communist uh, Twitter handle that was praising that Uyghur women would no longer have to bear children. I mean, it seemed yeah, really I can't. weird. It's 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 so bad, Joe. Um, it's this was the official verified Twitter handle of the U.S. Uh, the Chinese embassy in the U.S. and it came out pushing propaganda yesterday, promoting the benefits of the current genocide, eugenics, and sterilization of the Uyghur women. And I sat, I sat here this morning, and, you know, the, the news cycle has been really quite difficult. Um, it's, it's been very difficult, you know, in the last year. And it, it does affect you, you know, you have to sometimes step back and, and take a breath and, you know, go do something else, which I'm really blessed to do. But this this was over the top. I had to actually walk away. I was in tears this morning because this is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen, where a, an official Twitter handle of the CCP can put out propaganda in support of genocide and 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 eugenics um, against the people and not be shut down while we watch the 45th president of the United States suspended on all social media. Um, you know, whether you like him or not, um, I think everybody would look at this and say, "Okay, wait a second. We need to we need to pause here." Mm. Um, you know, a, an official um, account of the Chinese embassy in the United States is now pushing out that this is okay. Um, I just, as a journalist, I sit back and I say, and "There are times like this that you just wonder wh- where are we living." Let me read this real quick, and then I want to get Joey's comment on this. Uh, this tweet says, "Quote: Studies show." That in the process of eradicating extremism, the minds of Uyghur women in Zhejiang were emancipated and gender equality and reproductive health were promoted, making them no longer baby-making machines. They are more confident and independent, unquote. That seems rather insane to me, Joy uh, Mignot. What say you? Uh, You know what? I think it's it's interesting that um, that well, and, and to touch on what Bree said, we've seen this kind of, these types of things from uh, regimes all over the world. They say these horrible, awful things, 
and uh, Twitter, Facebook, they don't, they're okay with it. They're, they're totally okay with it. Uh, you know, but they'll censor conservatives and Catholics and anybody that they disagree with. And, and I think there's two important things here. One is that it's a horrible, awful act and they're normalizing it. And the other is that the censorship of anyone that, that disagrees um, with these type of statements. And I, I think it, it's a really, uh, I completely agree with Bree on this, that it's, uh, you know, what, what's, what's going on? What's, where, how did we get here? Where, why are we here? Um, and I, I think it's a sad state of affairs that already in, in 2021 that we've kind of arrived here already. It doesn't seem like it's a, a fresh start, just a continuation of, of what happened last year. I, I want to say the Ayatollah Khomeini is still on Twitter. And uh, and has uh, they make death threats to the to the president of the United States to elected officials to Americans all over the world. Um, China does the same thing. They push propaganda out about uh, European countries and the coronavirus and everything else. But if you disagree with them or disagree with uh, whatever narrative that uh, the media wants to push, then you you don't get a voice anymore. And I think it's only going to get worse uh, before it gets better. Um. Oh, we're talking with Bree Dale and uh, Joy Mignot. We're talking about the news. We're looking at a little bit of the stories and doing some analysis of them and getting some commentary on that. But, uh, you know, I, again, I just go back to this, uh, this, this uptick in censorship, and it seems uh, really hypocritical in many ways. Uh, but I want to say, we don't, as Catholics, we, we don't want violence. We don't even want to see violence spread. We don't want to promote violence. We're not interested in that. But golly gee whiz, we want to live in a free and fair society. We want to have the ability to have a voice. And I really firmly believe that these measures will be used in the coming years to really uh, uh, take away the voice of any Catholic or Christian or otherwise who wants to send a different message that they don't approve of into the world. How, Bree, Joey, how... How do you, what do you think in that regard? Do you think these coming years it's going to get worse? Do you think there really is a risk of losing uh, access to the public in this regard, or or what say you? Either one. Joey, I'm going to go with this first, and then I I think you can comment on this. I think there's something really important that I want listeners to hear. Um, first off, we are at a very high level in propaganda and disinformation in the press right now, and I think it's really important before people start talking about violence or take up arms or whatnot recognize that there are individuals profiting on both sides of the house and, um, you know, inflammatory rhetoric and and promoting agendas uh, that I think we all need to step back on and say, okay, the first weapon of the people is the power of the press. And the power of the press should be held accountable to, uh, you know, verifiable, um, corroborated reporting that is as dispassionate as possible um, which is the reason why I said, Joe, I had to step back mm. um, on on this report with the Chinese because um, it affects me personally. I've been working uh, with individuals who have escaped um, China. So I, I look at this and I say, OK, there needs to be more on this, but I need to step back for a moment. Uh, I think we need to ask for uh, for journalism to be accountable to the truth. Joey? Oh, hold that thought. Don't go. We're going to have to take a break. We'll get Joey Mignot's response to that on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We're speaking with uh, Bree Dale, journalist, and uh, Joey Mignot, and, uh, uh, DOD contractor, talking about the, uh, the news from an analytical and opinion pr- perspective this week. We'll have more of that, plus the D.C. story on the other side of this break. More Catholic Drive Time keeping you informed and inspired. It's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Are you aware that the devil has a plan for your marriage just as God does? He has no desire for the success of your marriage. He doesn't want the two of you to help each other get to heaven, but instead he instigates each of you to lead the other straight to hell through self-centeredness, materialism, and apathy. Jeremiah gives us God's plan, saying, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. You have a choice of whose plan you will follow. One brings misery, pain, and eternal damnation. The other, well, it's called the sacrament of matrimony, and it comes with a golden treasure chest full of grace. Call on the grace of your sacrament. It's all you need to have a future of hope in this life and in the next. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. Hey, Donnie, what do we say when we make the sign of the cross? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Did Mama teach you that? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you. We're talking with Bree Dale. Uh, she's a fan favorite here at Catholic Drive Time, always keeping us up to date with the latest news and information as a journalist. Uh, but uh, she's introduced us to a, to a new friend of the show, Joey Mignot. He's a, a DOD contractor, uh, veteran of Af- Afghanistan, data analyst, and, and more. And so we're having a conversation about the stories of the week. We were talking about tech. Joey, did you want to chime in on that? Before we, we were going to the break, and you were about to say something, and I had to cut you off. That's my job, by the way. Just welcome back to the show. That's all good. Thank you. Uh, you know... <laughs> You, you had asked if, if, if we thought it was going to get worse before it gets better. And, you know, to be frank, I think it is. I think that we're going to see a lot more of this. I think you're going to see people um, uh, be censored. I think you're going to see uh, voices get uh, ignored. Um, and I think it's important that we uh, not rely necessarily on, on maybe traditional forms of, 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 of media. And find the, I know you guys are speaking a little bit about other platforms that are available. I think that's important. I think the other thing, too, is just to realize that, you know, you can communicate with the people around you. You can talk to uh, your friends and your neighbors about things. You can get information from other places and have conversations. We're humans, after all. We don't need to only receive information. We can, you know, have conversations and talk about big issues and talk about things that are important to people. And, and I really think that that's over this next year. I think that's where we're going to start to see some success. It's just having those conversations, talking about big issues, realizing that we don't live in 30-second sound bites anymore. Mm. Let's transition a bit here to uh, the big story, the D.C. story, and the chaos that erupted on Capitol Hill this week. Uh, You guys are living in Rome, and what is it like uh, to look back towards America from overseas, specifically on this this very topic? Uh, Bree, let's start with you. You know, I was um, talking with a a few other journalists who are foreign, as well as some leadership here in in Rome. And to be honest, it's it's been it's been a long road this week. Um, just flabbergasted not only at the what seems to be a lack of backbone and a lack of um, of ethics uh, coming from 
reporters coming from, I mean, from in the news, uh, reporting on specific things, the inflammatory remarks of certain individuals, um, you know, the, the, the video bites and the sound bites. Uh, one individual told me uh, the CNN reporter out of um, Ireland getting massive, massive support uh, for calling, um, calling out uh, individuals as uh, using another term for deplorables, you know. Um, and so we've got that side. And then the, then seeing the actual, the actual um, actions uh, or lack of actions, both from the leadership um, uh, and then shortly afterwards with the riots that we saw take place. And then, you know, within that 24-hour period, seeing our president shut down on social media, to then hear about, um, you know, leadership in the Senate calling for um, the 25th am Amendment to mm. be enacted against the president, removing him two weeks before he is leaving office. To me, I think that this has been, at, at, you know, incredibly damaging to um, what our country stands for, which is democracy uh, and a republic. But uh, Joey and I were talking about this when there, you know, Plato's Republic shows the the balance between a republic, a democratic republic, and what could very easily be turned into an oligarchy. And I think that needs to be a conversation to be had by individuals who are studying political uh, aspects within the United States. Have we transitioned into something which could be considered an oligarchy, considering the actions and then the reactions of individuals who are um, who are in leadership uh, positions in the United States. It's a it's a conversation that is being had. Joey, what was your reaction when you heard that the U.S. Capitol building had been breached? Uh, you know, I, I was a little stunned to say the least. I, uh, I, I mean, I watched a lot of it live on TV. I, I stayed up late to watch a lot of the coverage um, uh, as it was happening. And for a country that has spent so much time on defense and being a member um, of that defense, it, it's weird to me that it was so easily done. Um, so that was a concern that I had. I was just kind of watching and I couldn't understand why it was happening in the first place. Um, and then it led me to, and then you spoke earlier about the, the death of the, the, the Air Force veteran that, that, that died. Um, mm. the, the woman that died. Ashley. And that struck me that, yeah, uh, Ashley Babbitt, I believe is her name. And that, uh, I'm getting a little choked up talking about it because it's, it's important that people understand that there's a, a lot of frustration, a lot of pain, and it's not just one side. And we see things in, 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 in uh, left and right and blue and red and all these, we have to pick a side, pick a team. And, um, there's a lot of people that are just upset. And that, I mean, I, I think that we're, we're concerned about the smoke, but we're not really worried about the fire. There are a lot of people that are unhappy, not only in the United States, but around the world. Um, and this is what it leads to. And we just keep uh, ignoring those 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 people that are, that are screaming out and are upset and, and, and feel uh, this way. And it's sad that someone had to die over it. It's sad that, that, uh, that we've gotten to this point. Um, and that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with, uh, with it, not necessarily in the 24-hour news cycle, but just really trying to understand the roots of all of it. There's a lot of people that are unhappy um, all the way around. And I think that until we start to have that, those kind of discussions and that conversation, I, I, I really I pray, I hope, um, that we start to do those things. It's, it's incredibly important for not only our republic, uh, but also for the you know for humanity that we have these conversations and we do it quickly. You know, and to see this scenario, this situation that occurred in in D.C. 
being leveraged to really shape and control messaging, as we were talking about a minute ago in this tech censorship. But I'm thinking of you, Bree, as a journalist. How do you see your future? Uh, Are you able to report uh, truthfully one way or the other? I mean, uh, what is that going to look like for you in the coming years? Well, I put this up on Twitter this morning. Um, Yesterday, actually, I saw uh, a loss of over 500 followers on Twitter. That's a lot of people um, just leaving or being censored. Um, And and so what I am, I am asking individuals who are on Twitter or on social media, don't leave the platforms, make them force you to leave, uh, but don't leave them because there is a necessity to not find yourself within more of a an area of, um, you know, controlled narrative. Um, there's a need for that free exchange of ideas. And these platforms are definitely um, cater towards more one way of leaning than another. But that's important, I think, for, for both sides, because there needs to be a continued conversation. Um, for me, as a journalist, I will continue to do what I can. Um, unfortunately, I still have not received verification on Twitter so um, and then the other social media. So I'm not verified as a journalist, which makes it very difficult to push through a lot of the algorithms that are there in order for me to do my work. Um, but I do work with others who are um, very well established in journalism, who are presenting um, both sides uh, accurately, as accurately as we can. Again, we're human beings, so we do make mistakes. But we own the mistakes, and I think that's the important thing is to be held accountable to the truth. But I think I, I do see it as being more and more difficult to do, but I will do as much as I can to serve the truth. We're talking with Bree Dale, uh, who is an independent journalist. Uh, I think you work with Newsmax and some other outlets as well, even the even National Catholic Register and EWTN on, on occasion. Uh, and Joy Mignot, who is a uh, DOD contractor, a veteran of Afghanistan, data analyst and, and whatnot. We're talking about the week in the news and getting some perspective here. Are there any other stories this week that really caught your eye, Joey or Bree? Joey, you could go first if you'd like. Um, I, well, I, we talked about it a little bit uh, before, but I, I thought that there was some really interesting, um, and this kind of leads into what do we do next, and like we, we know that there's problems, but there was a really interesting interview um, uh, last week, maybe all these days are starting to blur together again, like it feels like we're in <laughs> lockdown again. Um, but uh, with, with Cardinal Pell um, from uh, an awesome reporter, Colin Flynn from EWCN, and uh, one of the things that I took from that article or from that interview was that, um, you know, he was talking about Irish youth, but I thought it really applied to, to all youth and just people in general that we have to step up, we have to do something, we have to do more. Um, there's, there's, and that was an interesting theme, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Like I, I've, it's been stuck in my mind since I since I heard it, and I can't get it out of my mind that you know if, if we can, if we all continue to do nothing, then the the, the ship will just can slowly yeah. continue to sink. Yeah, and um, I, I just keep thinking about it over and over again, and I, I think that's interesting. And the other little tidbit that I found really interesting this morning was that um, half of Twitter's daily usage, right, or like you know people are logging on, half of their 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 impressions are from President Trump's followers, over half. Um, <laughs> wow. So uh, I, I don't want, so the other thing that I think it's important, and I have to think about this a lot, is that I'm not alone, you're not alone, we're not alone. There's a lot of us out there that think the same things and they want us to feel separated. They want us to feel alone that no one agrees with us. And we are the, the ugly duckling that no one thinks the same things we do. And we're the weird ones out there. We mm-hmm. think certain things that is unequivocally false. 
there's a lot of us out there that think that it's important that we start thinking together and start acting together. And uh, Cardinal Pell's message really kind of resonated with me because his message Amen. that we have to step up, we have to do something is, is the other thing that I really uh, picked out from the last, last week or so. And I think it really it all goes together. There's, it, you know, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of anguish going on. And, and I think that was a, another big, big thing for me. If you haven't watched or listened to, to the interview, I would highly suggest that it was, it was a fascinating 30 or so minutes. Um, and I took a lot out of it. We got about a minute and a half left. Uh, Bree, any interesting stories that stood out to you? Uh, yeah, so um, continued uh, revelations on the um, the economic crisis and financial scandals coming out of the Vatican. Um, that's not going away. I did an interview this past week, too, that I will be putting up on social media. I'm going to ask everybody to retweet it, repost it, because it's really essential with uh, Emerald Robinson as uh, Newsmax correspondent here in Rome. Um, I, I spoke with her at length on uh, in regards to the China deal, the Vatican-China deal, and it uh, features uh, Chinese journalist Alu. Uh, definitely stay tuned for that because it was it was really uh, a fascinating discussion and um, asked some pretty heavy questions. Uh, right. So hopefully everybody will be able to see that and we'll have you back keep an eye that. on uh, what's coming out. We'll have you back, but i got to say goodbye to Bree Dale, uh, journalist and Joy Mignon, uh, analyst there in Rome. Thank you for being on. Thank you for your insight today. God love you, and God bless you both. Uh, you know, one other story Thank that you. caught my mind this week was self-destruct mode on Chinese soldiers on the border to India that could be controlled by their commander. That's kind of scary. At any rate, stick around for more Catholic Drive Time coming up in the next hour. If you're able to join us, we have the game show with the greatest prize to date for Catholic Drive Time to give away. We'll draw a winner out today, too. Plus, we'll have a conversation with Father Quan Tran about the 12 essential qualities of Our Lady. All that plus much more. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediating between God and man. Plus, we know that it is okay to ask others here on earth to pray and intercede for us. That's mediating between God and man. So once again, we have a situation where a passage of the Bible is being misinterpreted and misunderstood. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But as members of the body of Christ, he allows us to share in his mediation. Scripture says that we have only one foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. But Scripture says that there is more than one foundation, Ephesians 2.19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord. Lord, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5. But Scripture says there is more than one Lord, Revelations 19, 16. 
Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ, James 4, verse 12. But Scripture tells us there is more than one judge, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Contradictions in Scripture? No, not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation, Jesus is the only Lord, and Jesus is the only judge. But we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise! Be the Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you this morning. God is so very good. And uh, today we get an opportunity to give him praise. No matter what happens today, no matter what we face today, what a grace, what an opportunity to give God praise. So let's make sure we do that today. But we're going to have a great hour this hour. Emily, uh, good morning to you. Morning, Joe. We made it to Friday. We, uh, you know, we, we're here. It's we a get very long week. The next but... <laughs> two days completely off to see what's in the news so we can be prepared on Monday. <laughs> and then it starts all over <laughs> again. It starts all over again. But uh, Adrian Fonseca is on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Uh, it's praise good to be God. Here. Praise God. Yeah. You, you made it? I made it. I survived another week, and um, hopefully I'll be here on Monday if I'm not, uh, you know, sleep. Now, th- there's talk of sending you to the freezing cold tundra of the March for Life. Uh, you think that might happen? You know... I was really looking. I was like telling you, uh, I was like a couple days ago. I was like, "Hey, Joe, what if I like went to the March for Life and mm. we did a live show mm. from there?" Mm. And now I'm kind of thinking it's not going to happen because I have a really bad feeling that when Joe Biden is uh, is elected, he will uh, we will cancel the March for Life. They're going to say, "Oh, well, you know, coronavirus." Well, the March be the for DC Life can't mayor happen. that would make that decision. Well, really. maybe, which and I could I, see happening. I certainly hope she doesn't. At any rate, and if we do send you, I vote we send you in like uh, one of those big. Uh, uh, parka t-rex costumes or something yeah that's a great idea I'll with have, a microphone yeah, yeah. exactly i'll yeah. live stream to y'all i don't know so we had to come up with something really obnoxious i, I could see silly. that happening that's a good idea yeah that'd be the way i would approve that all right uh this hour we're gonna have a great show this hour coming up in just a few minutes breaking news saint of the day gospel of the day plus our trivia game show and the biggest prize to date will be given out today 
to some lucky Catholic Drive Time listener uh, on this program around the bottom of the hour or so. Uh, so we have entries in the, the Divine Coffee Cup of Divine Providence, we're calling it. So three more opportunities to get into that cup today in this hour coming up in that segment. Let me give you the number. You write it down. First caller gets to be the, the contestant at 877-757-9424. Not yet. Just write it down. Uh, well, right before we go to the break, that's the time to really call. 877-757-9424. Later in the hour, we're going to speak with Father Quan and praying for our, our team here on the Catholic Drive Time, our equipment. I'm praying also for our apostolate at the Guadalupe Radio Network and your intentions, dear listener. And I'm asking Our Lady to whisper them into the ear of her son that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. Social media giants are censoring content that shows what happened in D.C. on Wednesday. Facebook said in a statement that they're censoring firsthand information to prevent promotion of criminal activity. They announced that they will remove all content in praise and support of the storming of the U.S. Capitol, calls for protests, even peaceful ones, if they violate the curfew in D.C., as well as attempts to restage violence tomorrow or in the coming days. Facebook and Twitter have both suspended President Donald Trump from their platforms. In the video from the White House that is being censored, President Donald Trump condemned the violence of this week as heinous and said that he is committed to, quote, ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. Another person has died as a result of the riots in D.C. this week. The victim, Brian Sicknick, a U.S. Capitol Police officer, died on Thursday night due to injuries sustained while on duty, responding to riots that broke out amid the civil unrest in Washington. There are now five people who have died as a result of the protests in the nation's capital this week. The U.S. Capitol Police chief announced that he is resigning after the breach of the Capitol building. A congresswoman introduced articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump yesterday. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee said the storming of the U.S. Capitol by protesters during the joint session of Congress compelled her to act. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier on Thursday had also said that Congress might move forward with trying to impeach the president if Vice President Mike Pence and Trump's cabinet didn't act to remove him via the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment to the Constitution says that if the president becomes unable to do his job, the vice president becomes the president. Lee's resolution states that Trump will, quote, remain a threat to the security of the nation and the Constitution if allowed to remain in office. Australia's financial crime watchdog is conducting a detailed review of Vatican transfers. Reports of a money transfer from the Vatican to Australia date back to October 2nd, when Italian media claimed that an alleged transfer was part of a dossier being compiled by Vatican investigators and prosecutors against Cardinal Angelo Becciu. Becciu resigned from his curial position in September and gave up his rights as a cardinal, reportedly in connection with multiple financial scandals dating back to his time as the second-ranking official at the Vatican Secretariat of State. 
An Australian newspaper reported back in December that the transfers amounted to around $1.8 billion and were sent in about 47,000 separate transfers since 2014. The Australian Catholic bishops and Vatican officials have all denied knowledge of the transfers. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Our Lady of Prompt Secure, pray for us. Uh, otherwise known as Our Lady of Quick Help. Some say Our Lady of Prompt Sucker, but I'm not one of them. I'm not going to say that. Our Lady of Prompt Secour is what I go with. 1727, the French Ursuline sisters uh, came and founded a monastery in New Orleans and uh, essentially got to the point where they needed more help to man the schools. There was a shortage of, of sisters. So uh, Mother Superior sent back to France, we need more, send more troops. But Unfortunately, the French Revolution was ravishing the Catholic Church there, and the bishop was just not in a place to be able to deal with this promptly, and Mother got a little impatient, and uh, so uh, they, the sisters went to Our Lady of Prompt Secours and asked for her quick intercession, and then they ended up writing a letter to the Pope, and they got a response in 1809, granting them the ability to send more sisters to the New World, to New Orleans, which they did. They brought with them the statue they had commissioned to Our Lady of Prompt Secours. Now, in uh, in 1812, the war broke out with England again. The War of 1812, of course, the White House got burnt to the ground, as you might recall, and uh, and so that war lasted a few years. It just wasn't in the uh, that one year. Well, uh, in 1815. In spite of the fact that the, the peace treaty had already been established between America and England, the English army had already been en route to New Orleans. Now, the general of the English army was a veteran to, uh, that fought against Napoleon very successfully and brought with him many, many thousands of soldiers that also had that much experience. And so they intended to take New Orleans to control the Mississippi Delta. And they landed in 1815 and they began the work of taking the town. Andrew Jackson was the guy uh, from the Tennessee Army to come down and defend the city. And he did not have a great army of veterans to to repel these English superior forces. He had farmers and, and average men. And so he knew the situation was quite desperate. And so did all the residents in New Orleans. And they gathered there in the monastery of the Ursuline Sisters. And Andrew Jackson sent his page to the sisters to Mother Superior to say, please pray for a miracle from heaven that we will uh, be victorious. Well, the, all of the, uh, the sisters and many of the women and children in town gathered there in their chapel and began to pray. I'll pray all night long to Our Lady of Prompt Secure. And, uh, and a miracle did in fact happen. The battle only lasted around 25 minutes. The Americans only sustained about 75 casualties. And the English, I think it was like 2,000 casualties. Some wounded, some killed in action, etc. But it was a routing of the vastly superior forces. And the success was attributed to the intercession of Our Lady of Prompt Secure. In fact, Andrew Jackson afterwards thanked the sisters for their prayers and said, no doubt it is because of your intercession to heaven that God won the day. And Our Lady of Prompt Secure, pray for us. The gospel comes to you from Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. It happened that there was a man full of leprosy in one of the towns where Jesus was. And when he saw Jesus, he fell prostrate. 
pleaded with him and said, Lord, if you wish, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I do will it, be made clean. And the leprosy left him immediately. Then he ordered him not to tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The report about him spread all the more, and great crowds assembled to listen to him and to be cured of their ailments. But he would withdraw to a deserted place to pray the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Uh, you know what I love about this particular passage? Boy, is this, is this not apropos for our day and our time? We live in a time where lockdowns are, are going into even another gear worldwide. There's the story of the Greeks uh, who said, you know, enough lockdowns, we're going to have divine liturgy for Epiphany, their high feast day. They had to defy the lockdown order. You know, this reminds me of that. Jesus is encountering a man who is ostracized, marginalized completely from society. He's not allowed to be around people, to touch them, to breathe on or anything. And he can't go to the temple and he can't worship either. Uh, and so G Jesus encounters this man and the man falls prostrate before uh, Jesus and pleads with him, Lord, if you will it, you can make me clean. And Jesus wills it. He encounters this man's faith and he doesn't just heal him, which he could do without even blinking an eye. Jesus being uh, the second person of the Blessed Trinity could have easily cured this man without even so much as an effort. But instead, he takes that next step and he touches the man. The man with leprosy, the contagion, he touches it. He breaks the boundary. He, he reverses all logic. This contagious disease should have infected Jesus, but it instead, it is the other way around. It is Jesus who cleanses this man. And then, remember what we said yesterday about, you know, the, uh, the accusation that Christianity has nothing to do with religion. And yet we see Jesus here sending this man to fulfill the law. To fulfill the law, to go to the priest, to have it verified, and to offer the prescribed sacrifice, which depends on the financial level of the person. I think it's beautiful, I think it's incredible, and I think today it tells us that we should be less focused on the here and now and more focused on the kingdom of God, which is at hand. What say you, Adrian Fonseca? Yeah, I think the there's two things here that I wanted to talk about. One being the fact that our Lord, like if we when we read this, we realize, um, or we need to realize that touching a leper is against the Mosaic law. And so the the, the Jews uh, had state made a law created saying that the uh, that you cannot touch a leper because they are unclean. Our Lord, uh, being above the law, demonstrates this by going and touching him anyways. Now, this is a very important because it shows that our Lord is not subject to the law because he is the law. Now, uh, we brought up in the last hour a very important story of Fulton Sheen. Of uh, Fulton Sheen, whenever he was went to a leper colony, he was giving out crucifixes and placing them in the palm of the hands of those uh, lepers, except he was afraid of the lepers and was kind of grossed out by them, mm. by the, their, their decaying skin and things like that. And so they would, he would, instead of placing the crucifixes, he would pull them up above his palm and would drop them into their hands. So that way he wouldn't have to make contact with them. He was so disgusted with him himself so ashamed of himself that he would be a, not like our lord our lord who went out and touched the leper mm. uh, he because of his fear he was disgusted and ashamed of himself so from that uh, one, that first person 
he decided from thenceforth he would place the crucifix firmly into the palm of their hand and touch them to let them know that that he was not afraid of them, that he loves them just like our Lord loves them. So I thought that was very important. These are very important things that our Lord um, did and uh, through Fulton Sheen that uh, continues to do to today. Amen. Praise be to God. Uh, All right. uh, We have a game show coming up, Emily. And the greatest prize ever to date. On Catholic Drive Time. That's what is the right. prize? Today's your last chance to win the prayer space box from the littlecatholicbox.com. You're going to want to call in for this one. The number is 877-757-9424. So I got the questions in my hands today. In fact, one of the questions I'm kind of excited about, teachable moment, kind of related to the saint of the day. I'm just saying I'm excited about it. We'll see where that goes. But if you want to be our contestant in the game show, get your last three opportunities to get into this $150 value prize pack that we're going to give out today. We're going to draw a name out of the cup today that's going to happen so if you want your chance to get in on that uh, that prize pack well now is the time to call because we're going to go to break we'll come back on the other side of that break is when we launch our game show so if you want to be a contestant the first caller gets it one oh no it's 877-757-9424 877-757-9424 first caller gets to be the game show contestant and get three opportunities to get in on the drawing for this week's prize pack $150 value it's huge 877-757-9424 we'll be right back 877-757-9424 are there any basic rules for doing apologetics first peter 315 says always be prepared to make a defense always be prepared scripture tells us how can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith rule number one pray pray to the holy spirit that he give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably rule number two you don't have to know everything right now learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day read scripture read the catechism listen to apologetics tapes listen to catholic radio learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Welcome back to Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show that gets you an opportunity to learn a little bit about your faith. Maybe have a laugh in the process and win a very cool prize this week, possibly anyway. But here's the kicker. There are no calls on the line right now. So if you'd like an opportunity to get on the huge prize pack, well, now is your chance. 877-757-9424. The first caller gets to be the contestant, gets three opportunities to get in on the drawing right now at 877-757-9424. I tell you what I'm going to do. If we don't get a caller... Then we're just going to draw the winner out. We'll, we'll go over the questions today. We'll have fun in the process, do a little teachable moment there, and we'll just draw the winner out and give this huge prize pack away. But so if you want a chance to win this, now is your chance. If you had called yesterday and it didn't get through on, on the first round, well, how about now? 877-757-9424 is the number to call. 877-757-9424. So let me, uh, let me explain how the game works here. So I have three questions. I don't even ask the caller the questions. The caller doesn't even need to know the answers to the questions. Uh, we ask Emily. We ask Adrian. One has a right answer. One has a wrong answer. And then the caller gets 15 seconds on the clock to decide who's right, who's wrong. It's a 50-50 shot. And uh, every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence. And uh, that's a shot at winning this uh, this week's prize pack. And still, no call on the line. So without a contestant, we may just have to pull the winner out and just move on. 877-757-9424. If you want a chance at this game prize, call right now. 877-757-9424. Maybe they uh, need a Tell reminder. Tell them what they could win, Emily. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, that that sounder is so... So off every time. Better placement this time than yesterday at the <laughs> yeah. headlines. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so our sponsor, as I said, this week is thelittlecatholicbox.com. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is really cool. So you've heard of subscription boxes where you get your monthly razors or T-shirts or whatever. So Prayer Speaks Box is a Catholic creator subscription box. So they will send you every three months a subscription box full of a collection of items from different Catholic vendors. This is really cool. They've got uh, care packages for college students. They've got packages for expectant mothers. So they're by design. And this one is called the Prayer Space Box, which they're giving away this week. It's valued at $149. It's actually on sale right now for $134, but you can get it for free if you call in this week and win the prize. And this Prayer Space Box contains a Prayer Space Rosary, an icon by Small Things Great Love, a chrism-scented candle by Cherubalm, a Sacred Heart Bowl, by Clary Clay Works, a Marian print by Full of Grace USA, a holy water bottle, and by Liz, who is actually the founder of the Little Catholic Box. So, again, today is your last chance to call call in and get a chance to win this huge prize from thelittlecatholicbox.com. And thank you very much to the Little Catholic Box. We're very grateful that you are our sponsors this week. 
Yeah, amen. These are some very cool prizes, uh, Emily. You've done a great job getting these rounded up. Thank you. All right. Well, we are down to it. So this is going to be my last call. If you want a chance, this is the last chance to play before we pull out a winner for this uh, incredible prize pack, 877-757-9424. You don't even need to know the answers to the questions. It's that easy. 877-757-9424-877. 757-9424 is the number to call if you want to get in on that. I'm going to give you just one more moment. And then if no calls, well, then I am going to move on by pulling the name. We're going to go over the questions for today if we don't get a call. So if you want to get in on, you got to do it right now at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call. So if I'm we surprised. don't get callers, if we don't get callers, does that mean I win? Do you, do you win? Does that mean I get that? Adrian never gets survey to win. says no. I thought that was in his contract. Adrian doesn't win. <laughs> it, it is. It's in the fine print. Adrian can never win. In fact, Adrian never even gets the right answers. And uh, I've heard. I've heard it. it there, there's a rumor going around now that uh, his family is very disappointed in him. You know, all that effort to get those fancy degrees uh, at the university and he, he doesn't know when to stand, sit, or kneel, apparently, at, at the mass. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it gets confusing sometimes, you know. These, these basic catechism questions are, like, way over my head, man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, no calls. No calls. So I guess we're going to call the call it here. We're going to have to move on. If you, nobody wants to get in on the last opportunity, we'll praise God and amen. Uh, I'll give you one last number here, 877-757-9424. If you jump on the phone right now, we'll put you on and we'll get, uh, we'll give you an opportunity to have three chances at this week's huge prize pack. All right. So, uh, otherwise, I think what we'll do is I'm going to go ahead and and ask these questions to you guys, and then maybe we'll have a little bit of a teachable moment, and then we'll pull the name. Sound like a fair deal? Yes, sir. Also, it seems like, uh, you know, praise God, the, uh, the people who participated the rest of the week have a higher chance of winning now. Oh, okay. So, all right. This is what I'm getting here. I'm seeing on our comments, on our live video feed over at Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time, I'm seeing that there are people who are trying to call in, and they're not getting through. What that tells me is our, we're having a tech problem on our end. All right. So, uh, Raquel. Raquel, if you are uh, listening to me, uh, Raquel, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be our contestant via chatting in our our live video feed here. Raquel, uh, since you've tried t- calling twice, I'm going to ask these questions, and I'm going to give you a chance to answer. Uh, and if, uh, if, if you get it right, then I will put you into the coffee cup of divine providence. So we're going to go on a limb here and just say, hey, we're having some tech problems. People are trying to call in. Thank you for your efforts to try to call in and let me know. But uh, since I can see Raquel commenting here, we're going to have Raquel be our our contestant. So does that sound like a fair deal? I think I think it does. Let's try. Are you ready? We're going to start with Emily. Emily Fonseca usually gets the or Emily, Emily Fonseca. Fonseca. That's my sister. Emily Alcarez gets the first question. She usually does. Here we go. Uh, Raquel is ready to go. Apparently, Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. What is the opposite virtue of the capital sin of gluttony? Gluttony. Okay, so gluttony is overeating or other sins of. Uh, that have to do with eating. I'm going to go with prudence on this one. Prudence. Your Emily is on the board for prudence. Adrian, what is the opposite virtue of the capital sin of gluttony? 
I feel like you've asked this question before. I might have. I'm having to have some deja vu. I think De- I remember the answer. Deja vu is not an answer, by the way. Well, yeah, that's not the answer. But uh, gluttony is the sin in which we overindulge in any sensual pleasure. Okay. And so the uh, opposite virtue is temperance. 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 Oh, all right. So, Raquel, I need you to comment here. Emily or Adrian, here's the deal. Uh, Emily is on the board for prudence. That's right. And Adrian is on the board for temperance. Uh, Emily, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Comment right now. Emily or Adrian, Raquel, who's right? Who's wrong? Uh, Raquel, what say you? Well, we all know she's going to vote for me because... You think so? I think so. I mean, it's obvious that I'm always right, right? Uh, TikTok, TikTok. Well, Raquel, I need you to comment if you don't... Okay, TikTok, time's up. Oh, 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 she got in. She She came in in with an answer. She's going with Emily and Prudence. Survey says... I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, man. And Estelle's been trying to call, too. Estelle, thank you for your... Thank you for I'm calling. sorry. Yeah, I had a few text messages, too, telling me, I'm trying to call. We must have I some... Want to I'm be so here. sorry. Uh, but Raquel, uh, that the first answer was not correct, but let's try again. You get two more opportunities here, Raquel. So stand by. Uh, next question. It's going to be good. She. Uh, all right. So next question. Adrian Fonseca. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize... Okay. I thought it was a rhetorical question. Do we pray... To the crucifix or to the images of Christ and of the saints? Do we pray to them? The objects that we, like the crucifix, the cross, the images, are uh, directing our minds to the persons in heaven. And so Mm. we pray to those souls in heaven. Okay, so we don't. The answer is no. We pray to the people they represent. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Emily, do we pray to the crucifix or to the images of Christ and of the saints. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Very straightforward. So Emily's on the board for yes. Adrian is on the board for no. We, we pray to the people they represent. Raquel, 15 Face. seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Admittedly, this is a lot harder. You know, one it's thing, better when they're on the phone. You know, one thing I like about about this, though, is that I finally get to use the TikTok Time's Up button. <laughs> <laughs> that's been finally on there, that's been on there for like the entire you show, finally and I've have. never got a chance to use it. All right. Uh, hey, Raquel, right. it's a yes or no question. Do we pray to the crucifix and I, images of saints? I think I'm going to interpret Raquel's question here. I'm thinking... Okay, she, TikTok Time's Up. I think she's on the hook for Adrian here. Uh, so, survey says... Congratulations. All right, she's in. You've made it into the Got coffee a chance cup at the prize. of divine providence. In spite, and she even says Adrian was her answer. So congratulations, ah, Raquel. Good job, good job. Uh, you're, I always you're vote for me, in too. in the cup here. Praise God. So, all right. Third question, final question. Emily, back to you. Uh, this one, super easy. I mean, super easy. I don't trust you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Who... Who is the patron saint of authors? Of authors? Of authors. That's a tough one. Lots of saints have written things. <laughs> Lots of saints have written... Is that your answer? Lots of saints have written things? That can't be an answer. So, uh, because... Patron saint of authors. Well, when I was in college, I read a lot of St. Thomas Aquinas. He okay. wrote a lot, so I'm going to go with Thomas Aquinas. Thomas Aquinas. Could be reasonable. I don't know. Let's see what Adrian says. Could be reasonable. Interesting. <laughs> Adrian... Uh, who is the patron saint of authors? Patron saint of authors. Well, Thomas Aquinas is like the patron saint of everything. So, <laughs> like, that's that's a little cheating. But uh, the patron saint of authors explicitly is uh, St. Francis de Sales. Wow. Expl- explicitly, Explicitly. Wow. 
Very specific there. All right, uh, Emily's on the board for Thomas Aquinas. Adrian is on the board for St. Francis de Sales. Uh, Raquel, uh, 15 seconds on the clock. What say you, Emily or Adrian? Who's right? Who's wrong? Raquel, we're waiting on your comment. We got to get the phone lines back up. It's well, just it's up way now. Easier. I have. We have one person. Oh, now we're getting calls. Yeah, so we finally. Re- we're waiting on, co- on Raquel's uh, response. Here. I wonder what happened. Is it Aquinas? Is it Francis de Sales? Adrian was Francis de Sales. Uh, Emily was Aquinas. I am St. Francis de Sales. Oh, oh she apparently. has come in with she Adrian as her answer. Survey says. Well done. She's in again. Raquel, our first game show via Combox. On Facebook. Uh, praise God. Very interesting. And, and to everybody who did try to call in, thank you for your patience. And I'm so sorry you didn't get in there. Uh, I am very, very sorry that uh, that, that happened. I'm not sure why it happened. Uh, may Our Lady prompt secure crush the head of Satan who always wants to harass our Amen. Technology. And Raquel, thank you so much for working with us there. All right. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, Raquel, we're going to put your name into the coffee cup of divine providence twice. And uh, we thank you for your participation. Again, we do apologize to everybody who did, in fact, try to call in. And for whatever reason, our tech problems persisted. But we're going to pull the name out of the cup after the breaking news stories, after the break. And plus, we're going to have a conversation with, uh, with Father Quan Tran about his book on Sophia Institute Press on the 12 essential qualities of Our Lady. That's all coming up in this hour. So stick around. If you want to know who the winner is, you got to stick around after the break and after the breaking news coming up next here on Catholic Drive Time. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake their master saying, Master, do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed, no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it, or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Again, we just want to apologize to everyone who called in. Uh, We're hearing that we actually had a lot of callers today, and our phone lines were not working, so thank you so much to everyone who called in. And we will be drawing the winner now in just a minute. But first, here are your Friday morning headlines. A woman has been arrested for vandalizing St. Patrick's Cathedral. 20-year-old Chriselle Vega was taken into custody on Tuesday for spray-painting the anti-police slogan, ACAB, on the cathedral on New Year's Day. Cardinal Timothy Dolan recently denounced the defacement after staying silent about others over the summer. He said in a statement, quote, 
A woman from the Bronx emailed me to say, Cardinal Dolan, it's time we learn from our Jewish and Islamic neighbors. A synagogue or mosque is defaced and they're quick to condemn it. The governor and the mayor would join in. The cardinal agreed and said this time he wouldn't let it go. The Catholic Diocese of Lubbock, Texas, has asked its state Supreme Court to dismiss a defamation lawsuit brought against the diocese by one of its former deacons, who claims he was wrongfully accused of child abuse. In 2019, former deacon Jesus Guerrero filed a lawsuit against the diocese after his name appeared on a public list of clergy credibly accused of sexual abuse of minors. Guerrero filed a suit for libel and defamation, asking for $1 million in damages, saying that the published list wrongfully outed him as having been credibly accused of abuse of minors. The diocese holds that the suit should be dropped in order to protect the church's First Amendment rights to protect matters of theology, church discipline, the compliance with church moral teaching, and ecclesiastical governance from the jurisdiction of civil courts. Fifteen new Swiss Guard recruits have arrived in Rome to complete their basic training. The recruits for the world's oldest standing army, having already completed required military training in Switzerland, will now spend the next two months at the Vatican, preparing for their duty to protect the Pope and the Apostolic Palace. Despite the new recruits, the Pontifical Swiss Guard still remains the smallest army in the world. The new recruits will be sworn in on May 6th, on the anniversary of the Sack of Rome, the 1527 battle in which 147 Swiss guards lost their lives, defending Pope Clement VII. The Greek Orthodox Church is defying government lockdown measures. In response to heightened restrictions in Greece, the Holy Synod, the hierarchy of the Greek Orthodox Church, told their priests to defy lockdowns and give the faithful the sacraments. They opened their churches for Epiphany liturgies on Wednesday, January 6th, as had been part of a previous agreement with the state. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Once again, just, I know, I'm so sorry for all those that tried to call in. People are texting us. We're like, we tried to call, and I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm not sure the tech just decided it didn't want to work right now, and the phone system just wasn't wasn't operating uh, properly. So we had to reboot the phone system. We do apologize for that. And uh, we'll make sure that the next time uh, on Monday when we do this again, the phone's, phone lines will be up, and you'll be able to call in then. We do thank everybody who tries to participate in our Catholic Trivia Game Show. But with that said, uh, we'll be speaking with Father Quan Tran about his book uh, from Sophia Institute Press on the imitation of Mary here in just a moment. But first, we, get, we have to pull a winner. It's time. Now, one more time, what's the game? What's the prize? What are we giving away? The prize this week is from thelittlecatholicbox.com, and they are giving away their prayer space box so you can create a sanctuary in your own home. All right. Praise be to God. What's their website? TheLittleCatholicBox.com. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right. You got to mix it up really good. I'm mixing them up really well. I really want whoever wins this. It's going to be God's will. We have upgraded to drums. Oh, yeah. I got the sound effect this time. Adrian! (laughs) Well done. Okay. Okay. Here it is. Our winner of the Little Catholic Box's Purse Space Box is Mary, our caller from Wednesday. Congratulations, Mary. Well done. Well done. Dave's Praise Volt. be to God. Well done. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, we'll be in touch, and we will uh, we'll make sure we coordinate everything so that you get this incredible box from our sponsor this week. And one more time, what's our sponsor's website? TheLittleCatholicBox.com. 
thelittlecatholicbox.com. Praise be to God in all things. Before we jump on our phone call, be sure to check out our social media platforms. And, uh, you know, it's censorship being what it is, it's very difficult to overcome the algorithms that uh, don't like the messages and the conversations that we have. So we we're posting individual conversations on a new YouTube channel. YouTube, uh, just go to uh, YouTube and search for Catholic Drive Time. We'll post a link to it on our video feed on Facebook as well. Uh, but make sure you, uh, you like and share those videos. It's super important to us. It'll help us to continue to reach new people with the good, the true, and the beautiful. Plus, you can always find us on, fa- on youtube.com forward slash GRN online for the live video there, as well as on Facebook. We're posting to Twitter and Instagram. I'm posting on Parlor. You can find me there. But uh, with that said, let's let's jump into our conversation. Uh, Father Quan Tran is joining us by phone right now. He has a book out on the imitation of Mary Keys to Growth in Virtue and in Grace by Sophia Institute Press. Good morning to you, Father Quan Tran. Good morning. I'm happy to be with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, praise be to God in all things. Uh, tell me about the book. What what uh, what is this book about? What drove you to write this? I wanted people to understand about grace. Uh, first of all, grace is something you don't just sit back and receive, but it's something you receive and and work with it. Uh, grace is a gift from God that pushes us to more. He wants us to grow in holiness. He wants us to be His instruments in the world. He wants us to um, to, to advance. And so we don't just sit back, but we need to um, to take the grace, open the grace, and then use that grace. And when the more we do that, the more we will grow in holiness. And then I also talk about our Blessed Mother. She is the model of holiness. She is the model of discipleship and perfection. And so I talk about her qualities, how Mary responded perfectly to God's grace um, with her dispositions, with her responses, with her fiat. Um, she cooperated fully with God's grace, and so, and so she is full of grace. And um, I wanted all of us to imitate Mary, to learn from our Blessed Mother how we can grow in holiness, how we can grow in perfection and be more pleasing to God by, by responding to grace and by imitating our Blessed Mother. Father, I've read The Imitation of Christ. Was this inspired by that book? Um, not really, not really. Um, this, you know, this was, was mostly... Um, you know, just a, a culmination of uh, a lot of spiritual reading, a lot of um, praying, and um, I think that some of it is, I guess you can say, is inspired by that book, but but not not that book alone. Now, in this book, you talk about the twelve essential qualities of Mary. Can you list those, or at least uh, maybe sum those up? What are the twelve essential qualities of Our Lady? Sure. Um, I first speak about humility, and we, we know that um, from the saints and, and from our Blessed Mother herself, that she is she's a humble woman. She refers to herself as the lowly handmaid of the Lord. Mm. And humility, uh, the saints tell us, is the most essential quality if we are to grow in, in the other virtues. And humility is not really putting ourselves down, but it, it's to recognize that the gifts that we have, the good that we can do, they come from God as gifts. So we don't become prideful, but we, we use them for His glory. And then I speak about confidence in God, um, confidence in God, especially during this time. There's so much going on in our world, mm. and we need to re- 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 we need to rely on Him, knowing that um, that He loves us and that uh, He will carry us through. And then I speak about the love of God, how our Blessed Mother really loves God and wants to glorify Him in all that she does. 
Um, and so we, too, can sanctify all of our actions, our, our life, by, by doing everything for, for the greater glory of God. Um, and then I speak about a union with God, how important it is, how important it is to be united to, to God in, in love, in mind, in heart, and soul. That union that we're made for, that intimacy that we're made for, and uh, how important that is. Uh, the next is a gratitude, um, and, and I, I say about gratitude to God. You know, our society speaks about gratitude in general, but never speak about God. Um, but, but all good things come from God as gifts. Even if, you know, your neighbor did something good for you, yeah, it's, it's really through God that, that, uh, that enabled them to, to do that good for you, that inspired them to do that good for you. So ultimately we can, we can trace all the source of all our blessings back to the Lord. And then joy, you know, our blessed mother was so joyful. You know, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So as Christians, we're, we're called to this joy, and it's a supernatural joy that comes from knowing God and his love for us. Uh, the next one is uh, docility to God's will, you know, conforming our will to God's will. That, that's what it means uh, to, to be perfect, to be holy. And our, our blessed mother did that perfectly. Um, and love of neighbor, of course. If we are to love God, we have to love our neighbor. St. John tells us that, and all the saints tell us that. Um, and then abandonment to divine providence. Um, we need to know that everything is under God's providence, and that he, he, um, he doesn't, nothing happens without his permission, and if it happens, he wants to bring about a greater good. So we need to, to understand that and to surrender to his providence. And then we need to practice mortification, um, you know, self-denial. That's somewhat of a foreign concept in our society, but, that, but that's important in order to um, practice self-control, to develop self-will, and to grow in holiness. And then I speak about um, desire and efforts in holiness. Uh, we need to desire. We need to want to be saints. We need to want to be holy, and we need to put in the effort to, to get there. And then lastly, I speak about the sacraments how important it is to receive the sacraments frequently and with the proper disposition. I speak about our Blessed Mother um, receiving the Eucharist with this perfect disposition of faith, gratitude, and love. And when we do that, we will grow in grace. That's beautiful. We love our Blessed Mother here. And this has been a particularly difficult year, and even this week has been very difficult in the news. And a lot of people have come to me even personally and said that they're undergoing a crisis of faith. And in your book, you address this. So what would you say to people who are undergoing a crisis of faith, and how would you overcome this? Sure. Um, so we need to know that, that, um, that everything is under God's control, and that everything happens um, that He allows to happen to us. First of all, He gives us free will, right? And a lot of times people will abuse that free will, and we, and we see this in our, our world, unfortunately. There's a lot of evil, there's a lot of sin, and, and, and things like that. But he can still bring good even out of those things. St. Paul tells us, you know, all things work for good for those who love God. So even with sin, even with evil, even with bad choices, he can still bring good out of those things. So I think this is a time for us Catholics to step up. Um, you know, people, uh, there's so much evil and sin in the world. It, mm-hmm. So we need more holiness. We need more grace. We need more goodness and truth. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he's call, he's calling on people like you and me right now to step up, 
to pray more, to um, to to speak out more, to to show goodness and holiness, and to to be His presence in, in the world. And so, this is a time to invoke the saints. This is a time to invoke our Blessed Mother. This is a time to to receive the sacraments and 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 to bear witness to Christ, um, knowing that He He will bring good out of this. A lot of times we can't see it, and 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 we are tested. There's no doubt we are tested right now. But that's how we grow. Uh, in faith, in, in, in virtue, is, is when we're tested. So receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, fortitude, knowledge, uh, counsel, and uh, and we don't give up. You know, the saints don't give up. It's during hard times and trials that they be, they become stronger. And I know this this is a time that we're being tried, um, and so our faith can 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 grow stronger if we we really trust in the Lord and surrender to his providence. We're talking with Father Quan Tran today about his new book with Sophia Institute Press, The Imitation of Mary. Now, Father, you wrote about something in your book that I've never heard of before, the levels of happiness. Uh, Now, a lot of people are not familiar with this. They don't know that there are even distinctions when it comes to happiness. So what, what are these four levels that you write about? Right, thank you. I, I got this from uh, Father Robert Spitzer, and um, and so yeah, there are four levels of happiness. Uh, the first level is the most basic. There, you can say it's the most uh, primitive uh, because it, it deals with the sensual pleasures, right? Um, um, like, and, and there's nothing wrong with that per se because they're they're meant to lead us to God. Right. If if you're enjoying your cup of coffee this morning, then that's good. Um, and, or breakfast, or so you know, like food, sex, and things like that. Those, those are those are good things that are, that are meant to draw us to God if if we use them in the right way in, a, in an ordered way. But a lot of people just live just for the the, the sensual pleasures. Right. They they get so involved with food and sex and things like that 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 they forget everything else mm-hmm. and and these things are these 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 are good but but they're 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 temporary they're passing they're they're somewhat shallow you know and 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 so we need something more and so that's so that's the first level and the second level is the ego right if you do something well if you accomplish something worthwhile you there's a certain sense of fulfillment and satisfaction um and 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 so that's good but then if you live mostly on this level one and two, then, and then it becomes somewhat shallow, superficial, uh, competitive, and you still don't really find true peace, true joy. And, and unfortunately, our society lives mostly on the level one and two, you know, the, the, the pleasures of the, the flesh, the senses, and the ego. Um, but, but we're made for more. And the third level, I, can, I would call it altru- altruism, uh, giving back. You know, that because we're made in the image and likeness of God, we're made to give of ourselves. And so when we give something back, when we volunteer, when we do good for others, there's a deeper sense of, of satisfaction and, and happiness and joy. Um, but, and, 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 and that's good. But even this level is not enough because we know that even, um, atheists, even non-Christians can, can, can live in, 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 on this level. And so as Catholics, as Christians, we're called to level four, which is, I would call the, uh, the the transcendent level, transcendence or the supernatural level, because we're made for the perfect. We're made for perfect truth, perfect goodness, perfect beauty, perfect being. And so we're made for God. And on this level, it takes it's it, it's more difficult to get to this level. It takes time, grace, and and commitment. Um, but when we reach this level, which Our Lady did, and united to the Lord, we find really true peace and true joy that that the world cannot give. And this is the peace that that Jesus 
says, you know, he wants to give us. This is the joy that he wants us to participate in. This is the joy of the Holy Trinity. And, um, and so we should all strive to, to live more on level three and four, uh, rather than one and two, because the more we immerse ourselves in, in one and two, it's going to be diff- more difficult for us to, to experience the joy and happiness of levels three and four. That's right. We have about 10 minutes left here in our interview with Father Quan Tran, who wrote The Imitation of Mary. And, and that's so true. You hear people saying, I don't need church. Uh, I can be a good person without going to church. But really, what they're missing out on is this overwhelming grace that the Lord offers us. And, and Father Tran, you talk about the four effects of grace that they'll have on your soul. Now, what are people missing out on if they're denying these graces? Right. So, you know, we receive graces at baptism, but they lie dormant until we activate them and, and we can increase in them. So one effect is, is healing. Um, you know, we, because we are, because we are wounded, um, by nature, because of original sin and, 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 and personal sin, um, we, we are wounded. So we need to be healed. That's why there's so much evil in the world. That's why there's, there's so much misunderstanding and ignorance and, and, and sin. And so we need healing. And so sin, and grace heals us. It really heals us in a supernatural way. We need that interior spiritual healing. You know, if, if we're sick, physically sick, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll go to the doctor or take medication, but, but we are sick spiritually. And so we need to take care of that by grace. Uh, the second thing that grace does is, is it liberates us. It liberates us from the control of sin. Um, because sin can be very addictive, can be very habitual, as you know, and, and can proliferate and grow. And, um, and so grace liberates us that, liberates us from that so we can truly receive the freedom of the children of God. And grace also empowers us to do things that we cannot do, um, actual grace. And sometimes we need that. Um, we need actual grace to maybe to to to, to, um, to practice courage during this difficult time, uh, to practice faith, um, and and so on. And then so so uh, it, grace empowers us to do things that are beyond our natural ability. And then lastly, grace elevates elevates our human nature to participate with with God's divine nature, and and so that's what we're called to do. Um, and, and we're, we're constantly being transformed if we participate in, in his life and in, in his life of grace. We're called, uh, constantly being made perfect, being conformed to Jesus. And, and that's our true happiness. That's our true vocation. And so we miss out on the graces if we don't respond, if we don't go to church, uh, we, we don't, you know, we don't grow in grace. Right, Father. So we know that our Lord has just a treasury of graces that he's willing to bestow on us. And in your book, you talk about how devotion to Mary is one way to unleash all this torrent of graces in our lives, and especially in this difficult time when we really need those graces to, to be able to stay strong and keep going. Um, so can you talk about the ways that we can cultivate devotion to Our Lady? Sure. Jesus, you know, Jesus gave us Mary, his own mother, to be our mother because he knows we need her. And this was his last gift on the cross. You know, when he looked to St. John and said, Behold your mother. Basically, St. John represents all of us because we're all his beloved disciples. So he's saying all of us. He's saying, Emily, behold your mother. Joe, behold your mother. Father Tran, behold your mother. Accept her, love her, venerate her, imitate her. And so when we turn to Mary... She can really help us because Mary has given a, um, a significant role to play in God's plan of salvation. Not only is she Jesus' mother, 
um, and the spouse of the Holy Spirit and the most perfect daughter of uh, the Father, she's also given to be our mother to help us, to guide us, to intercede for us. And when we have a devotion to our Blessed Mothers, she can bring us closer to the Holy Trinity. And we, and as you know, Emily, we need all the help we can get, right? Amen, yes. And uh, we're constantly asking others to pray for us, so why not ask mm-hmm. our Blessed Mother, who is the most powerful of all intercessors? She is in the inner circle, if you will. So, um, so we, yes, so learn the prayers of Mary, you know, the different prayers, especially the rosary. I would recommend mm-hmm. that highly. And also have images of Mary. You know, when, mm-hmm. when I went, went through a conversion or a reconversion, I, I really kind of grew um, in my love for Mary. So have images of Mary throughout your house and, and, and so on. Um, and then um, also um, do a consecration to Mary or consecration to Jesus through Mary. You know, there's Louis de Montfort, there's uh, uh, Father Michael Gately. There's different books out there to help us consecrate ourselves Amen. to Jesus through Mary. And... Um, and also, um, you know, maybe this is not a good time, but when when COVID gets better, when things get better, maybe do a, a pilgrimage to a Marian shrine. You know, yes. there's so many Marian shrines in the world, and 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 uh, we we can when we go there, we can be even more inspired. And then read about Mary. There's so many books besides mine about our Blessed Mother. You know, read more about her, and the more we know her, the more we will love her, and more we love her, the more we will want to grow to be like her. And when we do that, we will be more pleasing to God. Amen. We're talking with Father Quan Tran about his book, The Imitation of Mary, and uh, it's the keys to growth in virtue and grace. It's published by Sophia Institute Press. You can, if you just go to their website, sophiainstitute.com, uh, you can search for The Imitation of Mary. You'll find that, but we're, we'll post a link to it over on our live video feed at uh, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time and uh, GRN Online. And Father, real quick, we have about two minutes left in the rest of our conversation with you today. Uh, do you have a do you have a preferred title of Our Lady that you have a, a piety or devotion to? Oh, boy. Um, so, many, so many, so many titles. Um, you know, um, I, I, I really like Our, Our Lady of Lords. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've been there. I don't know if, if you, you've been there, but that's the day I consecrated myself to Our, our Lady. Wow! Lord, Praise be to Jesus. Uh, to, 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 to her, and, uh, and, and so, and, and I've been there, and it's such a, it's such a powerful place and uh, spiritual place. And um, there's, you know, there's, it's amazing because it, when you go to Lourdes, they have these uh, evening Eucharistic. Uh, there's Eucharistic procession, but also these mm. uh, Rosary processions too. Wonderful. And, and people are praying in different languages, um, you know, like uh, throughout. And, and you show, and you show the unity of the church. You know, everybody Amen. comes together. Everybody knows the, the Rosary, and everyone is devoted to our Blessed Mother. Well, so we're gonna have to I, wrap. I would say we're gonna have to wrap there, right. Father Quantran. Thank you so much for being on and sharing your beautiful book, The Imitation of Mary: Keys to Growth and Virtue and Grace, by Sophia Institute Press. We recommend it, uh, Father. God bless you. God love you, and thank you for being on our show today. All right, thank you so much. God bless you. All right, that's going to do it for Catholic Drive Time today. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Adrian, for uh, making the show happen. And we Again, one more time, apologize to everybody who tried to call in for the game show and couldn't get in. Uh, God love you. Let's try again on Monday morning. Got a great lineup next week, so stick around. More Catholic Drive Time will be back on Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. We'll see you there. God bless you. God love you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.